The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. Inspiration and innovation. We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much. And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sodiropoulos. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined by my co-host Barb Sodiropoulos of BarbSodiArt.com. Barb, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. So today, Barb and I are going to be talking about seven must-have elements of an artist's website. It's very important that you have a website. If you're wanting to put your art out there, then you probably need a website. It's one of the most important aspects of your art business. It's your online business card. It's for your portfolio, for your prospective buyers and commission clients. So if your website isn't fully optimized for your user's experience, then you may not be easily found, and it could be just causing a lot of frustration on the part of those that visit your website, and then they just leave. So I think it's extremely important. Definitely. All right, and so a little later on, Barb and I are also going to be talking about the differences between RGB and CMYK. Stick around for that. That will be in the Artifact Minute. Awesome. Yeah. And so in today's episode, we're going to discuss seven must-have elements that you must have for your website, as John mentioned earlier. And we're going to give you some recommendations as well on websites you can use to build your own website if you don't currently have one. And just a little preface for this episode, um, it's geared towards people primarily that already have websites, but you can definitely gain a lot of knowledge from a lot of the things we're going to talk about in this episode if you don't already have one. And also just a note that we can't cover everything about a website in this episode because it is quite a dense topic. So, you know, this is meant to be kind of a high level overview of everything. But certainly if you're interested in any one of these aspects that we talk about, we encourage you to do a little bit of your own research on these things or talk to somebody who is a web developer or web designer to, to give you a little bit more insight. Right, right. Now, and I also want to just say right from the beginning here that I, I told Barb, I kind of feel like a little bit of a hypocrite talking about this topic because there's so many things that I need to do on my website. In fact, Barb compiled a 27-page booklet for me she did a website evaluation and just customized this report for me and talked about everything. It wasn't all bad. I mean, she didn't talk about everything I did wrong. But I, I think you worded it, Barb, needs improving. And what's working is really tiny, but needs improving is like this big, long laundry list. But it really is very helpful. And so she just laid out the entire structure of my website and how to go about improving that and what is the client's journey whenever they go to your website? What are the things that are most important? And then some uh, questions about, so why not organize it in this way so that it is more accessible for someone visiting your site? So things that maybe you don't think about right away. And if you're like me, uh, the website just becomes this Frankenstein thing that it just kind of morphs and grows on its own. And you're like, where do I put the, oh, I, I got this spot over here. I'll just kind of stick it over there. And you are not thinking about every single thing and about the way it's going to present from the other side of things. You're thinking about how you're organizing the information. That's not always the best way of going about it. So valuable for me, just having that evaluation. Uh, now I need to act on it and, uh, I also want to mention that I sort of volunteered this information a little bit <laughs> onto you just because it was my own yeah. observations from going to your website and looking for yeah. things and being like, why is this here? <laughs> but then, Where do so, I find this? And I was like, John, it's, gonna, it's obvious, you know, but I'm going to yeah. give you a detailed report on the things that I think you can improve. Right. Um, I mean, it was kind of done somewhat officially. It's not like I just made a 27 page complaint letter. So no, no, clear, not but, at all. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention before we get started here, just right off the top, is that, you know, the primary reason that you should really want to have a website, especially if you are an artist taking commissions or you are serious about your art career and are wanting to sort of have an online presence, 
One of the biggest reasons to do that is that while social media is free and certainly a great way to connect with people, it is also borrowed land and it can go away at any time. I mean, I think it was, was it this year back in April, Instagram and Facebook just went down for like a day yeah, and nobody could access anything. So if you're relying on that solely as a way to communicate with people for your business, In the long run, it's going to be uh, a problem because, again, um, you know, even even now the algorithm is sort of leaning more towards, um, you know, favoring certain counts over others, wanting people to make reels. If that's not something you've caught on to, you know, you're you're already not reaching as many people as you thought you were. And so some of the things we're going to discuss today are going to be things that will help you um, improve your visibility and also. Just make the experience for people coming to find you and find out about you and your artwork a little bit more um, streamlined and sort of better presented. And the other thing, too, just, you know, in comparison to a website versus social media is that you're not competing with anyone else when someone's on your website. There's not all of a sudden a bunch of other artists work, you know, that somebody can just scroll through there. It's it's a way to have somebody's divided attention on you. You know, one of the things you want to make sure you're doing is optimizing all of these things that we're going to talk about so that the experience for the person that's there is as good as it can be. And they want to stay there and discover more about you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The other thing to think about with that is that when somebody comes to your website, they're coming there for selfish reasons. I just want to make sure I say that right from the beginning. They're not coming there because they think you're the most neat person ever. They're coming there for selfish reasons. <laughs> well, it could be, but they're but they're also they're wanting to know what how this is going to benefit them in some way. You know, somebody said I can't remember who it was. They said people only go to the internet and uh, look up websites for one of two reasons: to be entertained or to solve a problem. So you need to be thinking about that whenever you're designing your website. Definitely. So let's jump into the first suggestion that we have. So. Right off the top, uh, a URL that identifies you. So if you're not familiar with that, it's like, you know, a .com, a .art, .org, whatever, if you're in Canada, .ca uh, mm-hmm. address that identifies you and your art somehow. So you're going to want to find something or use something that's not taken by someone else, of course. So whether you're using your name or if you've given your company a slightly different name, like in John's example, it's Sharpen Artist. John mm-hmm. Middick is not in the title anywhere, but Sharpen Artist right. is his brand. So that is the way that people know him and to find him. And then if, if you're someone like me who has an extremely long last name, you know, my URL is barbsodiart.com. It's just a portion of my last name, and that's done very purposefully because I'm not sure that anyone would find me if I did not shorten it. <laughs> it's taken I mean, me a year to learn how to pronounce Barb's last name, let I mean, alone spell it. I well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I am, I am unfor- as much as I would love everyone to just, you know, learn how to spell my last name, I'm also very aware that that is just not... I mean, you can't even get people to use the right version of your and your. So, right. I, you know, like, and that's like relatively. So, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not asking yeah. for miracles here. Right. <laughs> that being said, I mean, you know, it is something to consider if you do have a quite, uh, you know, complicated, difficult last name. Potentially, you might want to consider that. You don't necessarily yeah. have to, but it's something to definitely right. consider. I right. made the choice that I was going to use a shortened version of my last name in in my URL just so that it would be a little bit easier to find or probably easier to remember. And also another thing to consider, so with a lot of um, websites or blogs that allow you to have a free site, sometimes you'll get, uh, you know, like a dot WordPress or dot Squarespace or whatever at the end of the um, of the address in the title. You can do that if that's what's available to you. You're not able to, you know, spend the money on purchasing your own URL at this point. You certainly can do that. Um, I would just caution you that sometimes it looks a little less professional if you don't have an actual dedicated um, URL assigned to your business website. Yeah. Okay. So moving along, um, The next thing that you really want to do is you want to have a clear menu and you want to think about that menu uh, before you start executing on that. 
don't bury important information like your about page or your contact page. If that's something that is front and center and you want people to be able to do, then you've got to make that uh, something that is noticeable. So don't add unnecessary pages. Or if you do have pages that you feel like are unnecessary, then don't make them part of the menu. Make them unlisted. You don't have to have them visible. You can link to those pages within some of the visible pages. Information should be easy to find. It should be categorized in a logical uh, way and uh, according to what's important and then ranking to the least important. And so that that's something, like, like I was saying, my website started to become a little bit of a monster because, you know, it's unless you're working on your website and doing website upkeep every week or month, it can start to become a big bear because you uh, are adding pages all the time. And, um, you know, you, somebody may be going to your website and they may not know you're adding pages all the time because they're not readily seen uh, just on the front page, you know. But And they may think, oh, they haven't updated this in years when actually you're updating it every week or two. Um, so the way to incorporate things like that is to think about the hierarchy and what's most important and then what's least important, and then make sure it's accessible in that priority as well. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing you said there was hierarchy, just in terms yeah. of, you know, sit down and think about what are the top five or six things that you want to make very clear to someone when they come to your website. So obviously mm -hmm. contact is one, your about page. If you, you know, if you offer commissions, maybe that's its own primary tab, your portfolio. You know, those sort of things, you know, even sit down and write it out and think about how you would categorize any other pages you have under those headings accordingly. So make it yeah. as kind of simple as possible for someone coming to your website. Like think about what your what your main messages are, what the main information you would want from somebody's website when you go there. Like it's it's gonna be one of those few things for sure. And then maybe if you offer courses, that's its own tab or something. So yeah. You know, the, those sort of things are important to consider because most people scan when they're looking at things. They're, right. they're scanning very quickly. They're looking to get the information they want right away. So, you know, get even um, if you're not sure about this, get someone who's a friend or a family member to mm -hmm. go to your website and give you some feedback on, OK, if you were coming to my website, what would you be looking for? Right. And, you know, can you find what you're looking for right away? Does it make sense? You yeah. know, if you're if you're if you know, your blog is part of your website, but it's not a big part of your website and you never update it. Maybe you don't necessarily want that as one of your main tabs, right? Like it might, yeah. it might, you might get categorized under somewhere else. So like right. under your about category, it could be like an, a, you know, an additional um, secondary menu just as something that you want to refer to sometimes, but isn't like a primary area or page that you're driving people to all the time. Yeah, and just one more point on that then. Um, when when you're looking at your website, if you think that people need to be coming to your website because you do pet commissions or something like that, and that is buried way down at the very bottom or it's not mentioned at all on the homepage, then you're actually not highlighting that service. You may think you are because you've got it on the contact or the about page or something like that. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen that very thing happen where somebody's like, well, I have a course and uh, nobody's buying it. Like, well, it took me five minutes to find your course because I went out to your site and it was it was buried on some some page way off somewhere. And I, I had a hard time finding it, you know. So yeah. if that's not what your purpose is, if it's about your blog, put your blog on the front page, you know, talk about your blog. Um, and use images. And I know you're going to talk a little bit about that, Barb. And I think that's a, an important one here. Yeah, definitely. Because um, images you... communicate the information so much faster to the brain. Yes, so. that's very true. And, and just as a, a little side note, you know, the, what you have on your front page is a big deal too. So, yeah. you know, all of that information you know, there's there's something that they talk about. It's called below the cut. So essentially, that's you know when you load uh, a web page initially, there's the information that you see right away, and anything yeah. that you then have to scroll more to right. see is anything that's below the cut. So you and know sometimes people 
Yeah. And so sometimes people will have, you know, a giant image of their artwork, which can sometimes be appealing. But again, if your primary driver is to be selling courses or commissions, you might want to consider having that information right at the top of your page. And then you can go into some of the other things. So, you know, all of these things are, you know, proven design tactics and that sort of thing that help with user experience. So you just want to make sure that you're considering those things. Like, what is the first impression when people come to your page? If you're a commission artist, you may want to lead with one of your pieces right. of art because, you know, you want people to be like, oh, this is so beautiful and be enticed by it. But then immediately below that should be some sort of information that will lead them yep. to being able to uh, find out more about that. So in saying that, let's talk a little bit about images. So fast load speed is a really important thing to consider. So mm-hmm. um, it, this means that you want to optimize your images for web. So a slow load speed could cause someone to leave your website out of frustration. So what will happen sometimes is, um, you know, someone will upload a photo at the original size as opposed to compressing it down or making it smaller. And so that's when, you know, it doesn't happen so much anymore. But, you know, you I'm sure everyone remembers the day when you'd go to yeah. a website and, the you know, the image would just like line by line start loading in and you're waiting right. for it to finish rendering. Right. Um, you know, again, a lot of websites will sometimes do a little bit of this for you now, but it's yeah. definitely something you still want to consider. If you're if you're signed up to a website hosting service that only allows you so much space, mm-hmm. if you're now also uploading images that are super large, right? There's a few considerations with this. So one, you're gonna eat up a lot of the space that they're giving you. B, the other thing is you don't really want to be uploading uh, original size or really large images of your artwork. First of all, from a design perspective, that can be problematic to work with. Second of all, if you're uploading original sizes of your artwork, that just makes it easier to steal and have somebody go print it off and do whatever they want with it. So, you know, again, most websites have templates now that you just kind of fill them in and it's fine. But either way, um, you know, if you're if your images are optimized for web, so sized even just pixel-wise down a little bit, um, they'll just load a little bit quicker. So people right. with slower internet connections won't have as much trouble viewing your website. Yeah. And you put a lot of ads on your uh, site. Like if you sign up with Mediavine or something like that because you're wanting a whole bunch of impressions from uh, visitors and uh, you just want to get ad impressions in front of people. That slows down your site so much. In fact, I won't even go to a site. If I see that they've got a ton of ads and videos that are wanting to play and I can't hardly get the information, I just, I go back. Uh, I don't even, I don't even look below the fold. They've lost me at that point. You know, and just a quick point on that. I think that was an excellent point you brought up, Barb. And guys, for those of us that aren't designers like me, (laughs) uh, maybe I'll help you out a little bit here. But where that came from, looking below the fold, is when they would have newspapers, you would fold that in half. And so what do you think was the the leading portion of it? The front page, the headline, right up there, up front and center is the thing that you would see. And often you would just make that determination in your mind whether or not you're going to buy the entire paper. Something below the fold is as good as hidden because what leads is what is right there on the front. So I think that's another thing to, to keep in mind. And I'm really glad that most web hosting now just takes care of optimizing images. But yeah, like you said, Bart, that depends on your hosting and a lot of other factors. Yeah, it depends on your provider. Not all of them will do that, but a lot of them do now. So it's not as much of a consideration, but it's just something to kind of like, you know, have people keep in mind because... Mm It It is, you know, again, if, if you're upgrading your hosting plan to include a certain amount of space, you don't want to just like yeah. max out your space. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just think it's important that people keep it into consideration. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Time for a small break here and we'll have the Art Fact Minute and then we'll be back. It's time for the Art Fact Minute. Do you know the difference between RGB and CMYK color spaces? 
color space refers to a specific organization of colors. These combinations can be broken down into the digital RGB or red, green, blue color space, or the analog CMYK, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black color spaces. When you see an image on a screen, whether it's your computer, smartphone, or a TV, the colors are being represented using the RGB color space. Digital images use physics and light waves and how the eye perceives color. Red, green, and blue can be mixed together to create all the colors when it comes to light. In a digital image, a numerical value is assigned for each of the three colors in a pixel. In the CMYK model, it's built around how ink mixes together to produce different colors, similar to paint. Commercial printing for magazines and books, and even high-end art prints, use this method. Black is added to the mix because it is difficult to achieve a deep black with the mix of the other three ink colors. Color spaces are important to consider when you are getting physical prints of your art made. While uploading a CMYK image to a website will often automatically convert to RGB, trying to print an image in RGB color space using CMYK inks will often result in inaccurate colors compared to what you see on screen. For more in-depth information on this topic and how it applies to your art, visit Barb's blog post link in the show notes for this episode or visit barbsodiart.com slash blog. All right, so we are back. Let's talk about SEO strategy. So good SEO helps your website to be found. Uh, if you have a, a blog with poor SEO, then that can hurt your posts and they won't be seen. Uh, if all you're relying on is for someone to just kind of stumble upon it. Uh, and I've, I've heard people say things like that, like, well, the good rises to the top, you know. It does, as long as you understand how algorithms work. And the algorithm that you care about or should care about is the Google algorithm. Google owns that space. And you've got to cater to that a little bit if you want your website to rank. What is going to actually show up in the top four results when you Google a particular topic or subject and you type in your keywords and you need to know your keywords, whatever they are, then you're going to be able to rank a little bit better in that way. And it takes a long time to rank. It doesn't happen overnight, but you keep an eye on that and you keep your eye on on the ball and what you're trying to project over six months to five years. This isn't an overnight thing. You have to decide what it is you want people to come to your website for. Now, I've heard somebody say, and I kind of believe it, I think there's a little bit of truth in it. If you're not wanting to blog and you're not wanting to do, you know, fill in the blank, but all you want to be known for is your fine art artwork then there's not a whole lot of SEO, just your name. Your personality, your style, your images, and all of that, there isn't competition because you are the SEO. You are uh, all of this search engine optimization goes out the window because it's all only about you. And so I don't want, I don't want anybody to go away with the idea, Barb, that, that you need to pay attention to SEO, even if you're doing fine art renderings and you're wanting a high-end client, okay, then you probably need to be searching out those people and going to wherever they are instead, because the calling card is your website. And you say, here's my website, come back to it. Otherwise, for the rest of us, and I'm included in that, I'm wanting to use my keywords and I want people to come back to my website and I don't want them to bounce. I don't want them to uh, turn away from my website immediately. So that being said, you can actually you can add some descriptive text to your images, though, that will oh, yeah. still actually um, rank a little bit in SEO. So if somebody is doing an image search and the word that they search is attached to your right. imagery, so through the alt text or right. description, you can still utilize SEO that That's way in terms of it won't be as obvious as, say, with a blog post where you're able to use, you know, specific words mm -hmm. and external links and all these things, but 
you can still apply that to your imagery. So if you very specifically do pet portraits, for example, you can add those, mm -hmm. you know, those keywords into your alt text and that will also rank you a little bit higher. Um, I will say too, just from my own experience, um, you know, I, I use WordPress for my website and I have a plugin that I downloaded that actually helps me with SEO. Mm -hmm. So it'll give me suggestions or it'll give me, uh, essentially a mark when I'm writing my blog posts that'll let me know okay, you need to add this more or you don't have this or you whatever. So I can go in and adjust those things so that I'm optimizing my post to be seen better. There are, you know, applications and plugins and, you know, certainly things yeah. like that that can help you with the strategy to improve your pages. So just as that, using that as an example, I've had a, my blog since about 2015 and the posts that I've gone through and optimized are performing much better oh, than they either That's did or... Yeah over and above other ones. Is so that Yoast it is SEO? Is that what you're using? Uh, that is one of them. That's not the one that I use, but there's, um, that's a certain. That's a popular one. one. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely, um, you know, applications, like I said, or plugins, depending on what type of, um, you know, platform you're using that can help right. you with SEO and they give you the tools to sort of, you know, improve your posts so that you're not just kind of stumbling around trying to yep, figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving on, I guess we talked about, uh, a, you know, a little bit of a call mm -hmm. to action on every page and, and sort of what the reason is for someone coming to your website. So again, think about what the goal is for your website and each page should have some sort of call to action. So whether it's signing up for your email list or directing them to another part of your website, you know, on a blog, again, this falls under SEO mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things they always recommend is to link to internal posts. And I'm sure, you know, if you've been to, I, I remember I went to a website once, I forgot which one it was now, but they did it so well because I went there for one thing and like hours later, I was still on the website <laughs> because they had linked to so many other yeah. articles where they talked about things. I was like, oh, I want to yeah. read that one next. Oh, I want to read that one next. And, you know, again, that's great. Google loves oh, yeah. that. The more someone okay. spends time on your website and goes through things, that helps you rank higher right. as well. So, you know, think think about that. You know, that's just a suggestion for a blog. But, you know, even with your artwork, you know, maybe you have a specific blog post where you talked mm -hmm. about one piece of art. And, you know, you may just have the image on your portfolio page, but you can put a link down below that says, like, to read more about the, you know, the story behind this piece, read right, my blog post right. here or something like that. You know, again, or or like I mentioned, um, you know, having people sign up for your email list or contacting you about a commission, there should always be some sort of reason for somebody to be on that page or some something that you want them to yeah, do when they're visiting absolutely. that page. And that also helps with creating the illusion there is more to this website than just this one page. And people sometimes just walk away uh, from your website with that idea. Oh, he only has this out here, you know, that kind of thing. Using internal links, though, also helps with page authority. And there is such a thing as page rank and page authority. Um, so your overall website has a ranking, but then individual pages do, too. And when you can interlink um, other things that you're doing in your website, then that does help with that. Yeah, definitely. Next, let's talk about uh, curating your images that you're showing on your website. So in particular, if you're wanting to sell your original artwork or you're wanting to do a commission-based business, um, then this is something to really think about and to consider. You don't need to show every single image you've ever created in your entire life in your image gallery, and you don't need to say, Here's my, there's another one that, that, that you'll see. Well, before we talk about that, let me, before I go on, let me talk about this one for a moment. Marvin, and I've talked about this at length with one another before, but you can do a deep dive in someone's gallery, their online gallery in their, on their website of their images. And you go back far enough and you're nearly looking at stick figures. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, we didn't need to see what you did when you were, you were five. I mean, that might be fun for a, a little cover story on your about page or something. I was drawing since I was five. Here's some of my images. But over there in your gallery, we don't need to see every single thing. But a consistency and a cohesive body of work is a good thing to see. If you feel like you need to separate things out, and I don't I don't mind that, you know, when I go and I look at a website and say, here's my 
uh, graphite pencil drawings. Here's my charcoal. Here's my colored pencil. Here's my oils, acrylic or whatever. Um, but if the list goes on and on and on and you all of a sudden you've got, I don't know, you've got encaustics, you've got, um, uh, murals, you know, and you just listed this out so much that we can't see your work or it looks like you work in 20,000 different mediums. Uh, it gets a little overwhelming and confusing. I've also seen people do this, like, here's my portraits, here's my landscapes, here's my still life, here's my, and they've only got one or two out of each of these. Just put all those together. Just put them all in one gallery if that's all you've done so far, and you don't want to ferret all of this stuff out and separate it and categorize it. It needs to be the best work that you've done, and go through there, curate that once in a while and say, okay, this doesn't really represent what I do now, and I've done that a lot. Uh, through the years and probably should do it again. I don't know, but. Well, you see, you need an actual portfolio page. Yours is buried in with your about <laughs> section. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> well, because for me, the reason. Not to, not to pick on yeah, you Yeah, yeah, and, and you should because I do need to change that. But I mean, for me, the the whole reason to have the website was it, it was for my courses. I'm I'm wanting to help other artists, you know, but you're right. I do need to do something like that. Well. Know? And so I'll share with everyone the argument that I gave you on that because John very <laughs> humbly was just trying to say, well, I'm just here to, this is just so I can direct people to my courses. But, you know, for anyone else wanting to do the same thing, what I would argue is that your artwork is part of what is selling the courses. People seeing what you are capable of doing is inspiring and showing them almost, it's giving them uh, proof that you're able to teach the subject that you're Your logic teach, won right? me over like, when you, that, when you talked about that. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah. Like you were, you were trying to be very like, I'm just going to tuck this in down here. But at the same time, you know, and, and certainly John is an award-winning artist as well, which again, while you were trying to be humble about it, this, these are all things that lead to, you know, the credentials mm -hmm. when it comes, someone who's coming to your website and wanting mm -hmm. to learn from you. Okay. Well, if this is someone who's never listened to the podcast, doesn't know who yeah. you are. I mean, that might be the thing that, that, that tips the scales for them. They might see that and be like, Oh, his artwork's incredible. He's award winning. I want to learn from this yeah. person. Like these are all things that, you know, you may, you may feel like you're bragging or you may feel uncomfortable with it, but you have to look at it from a business perspective. You're, yeah. And think, you are right about You know, that. someone who's coming to your website, what, what are the things that are going to entice right. them to want to purchase right. from you or invest in something that you're selling like that? Yeah. Right? No, it's so, a good point. It's a fair know, point. <laughs> and just, a, you know, just another note on the, the, you know, the portfolio piece and curating your images. I mean, it's probably the part of my website that I update the most and change, uh, you know, most frequently uh, other than yeah. my blog, because, you know, I'm constantly, you know, trying to try different things in terms of organization, that sort of thing. And again, you know, the curation part of it cannot be stated mm -hmm. enough. I've been to people's websites where you know, maybe they've got a, a large body of work that is all incredible, but I've also been to sites where exactly like we've talked about, where you're looking at like their maybe first attempt at yeah, charcoal yeah. ever. And while that may be relevant in some extent, when it's not given in context, yeah. it looks like your work is inconsistent yes. because yeah. unless somebody actually deep, you know, yeah. deep dives right. into like the date when it was made and all of this sort of thing, or if they have no context that it's like the first right. piece you ever did, like, those kinds can of things can just, yeah, somebody will just look at your work and be like, well, some of it's good and some of it's not. How do I know what I'm yeah. going to get? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you also, you don't want to necessarily like, and this is kind of, I, I say this somewhat, somewhat gently, but you don't want to bore people yeah. either. Like, it sounds like, you know, everyone gets very precious about their art and I've had to make cuts to pieces that I'm like, eh, I guess it's time for this mm -hmm, to leave, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and even, you know, there are pieces, for example, that I did it in the uh, color pencil magazine challenges when I was doing them that I really liked. But at one point I was like, OK, I need to start, you know, cycling these yeah. pieces out. Once I had enough of my own pieces that were right. created, you know, outside of the challenges and that sort of thing. You know, I I wanted to start kind of directing what my body of work yeah. looked like. The other thing is too to consider if you're taking commissions and that yeah. sort of thing, what kind of work do you want to get from people? Because 
what you display on your website, it will be, it's, it's kind of like the menu yeah, or the preview for what people potentially are coming to you for. Yeah. So for example, if you don't like doing human portraits, you don't want to have yeah, a lot of human portraits on, on your there. website yeah. because yeah, like you don't necessarily, you also don't necessarily need to show that you do a lot of different things. Right. Like you may only want to do work in you know, colored pencil, but maybe you also paint, but maybe you don't necessarily want to take on projects right. for painting. I mean, unless those things kind of, you know, for, for me, for my commission business, my, my whole deal for commissions is that I kind of do a lot of different things. Like that's sort of my, my thing is that, you know, I don't necessarily only do pets yeah, or right. portraits or whatever. It's like, I come to me with your creative yeah. projects that someone else couldn't do, but maybe right. I can kind of thing. But so, see, and that, and you that's know, good I'll though, have... because that's what you can do. You're, you're able to yeah. take something, use your creativity skills and really come out with some incredible artwork where someone else, if. Well, that doesn't work no, for doesn't. everyone. Like you got to be confident that you can do all those things. You exactly. don't want to just offer it because right. it's there. You only want to offer it if you're actually good at doing all the right. And things, I've heard so. people say, "Well, no, I, yeah. I'm putting that out there because that's the stuff I've done." Like, but people are wanting me to do houses now. Well, it's because you got houses on your gallery on your website. Take them off there. Yeah. Well. And I would say, too, it's probably better. People think that it's more about uh, quantity, but it is, it is really quality. quality. Yeah. So even if you only have yep. eight images on your website, but they're the That's best right. of your work, um, it is better to have that and build it over time than it is to have this expansive library Absolutely. of images where it's not necessarily showcasing your skill as Absolutely. best as it possibly That's can. Right. So, and I mean, you know, it's the same thing they would tell us in, in art school as well. I mean, it's all supposed to be the best yep. of your work. You, you, you know, you can, you don't necessarily have to put everything on there. I mean, the other thing with commissions is that you want to, you know, this is a side note on commissions, but you want to make sure you also have your client's permission to be showing it. Yeah. I mean, that's something I have built into my contracts, but sometimes people, ask you to do projects that they don't really want right, everyone right. seeing if it's a you know a portrait of a a deceased loved one lot, or something actually. you know there might yeah there might be reasons somebody doesn't want right. that image out there so you know those are things to consider too and maybe that's something you can show in a private portfolio if you're having a one-on-one -on -one yep. meeting you can show that as an example of of work you're capable of doing but maybe it's not something that lives on your website so yeah um you know really really paying attention and and doing you know kind of a yearly assessment of your images and right. cycling things out you can have an archive section if you really just don't want to let them go but you know you may decide to change the total direction of the artwork you're creating yeah. you may be really into pet portraits and then decide you want to do human portraits but you know it's not that the pet portraits aren't relevant anymore because it still shows your skill but maybe it lives in an archive right. section as opposed to you know, your well, main that's, a, that's a great point because yeah it, you don't necessarily have to totally get rid of it you know kill it off entirely there's an old uh blog um conventional kind of wisdom out there that says kill your darlings you know where you may have done some incredible blog posts you feel like they were so good you know but they're not ranking in google and so it's bogging down your website and it's not relevant to whatever the current topic is that you write about and they say kill your darlings you know just take those nix them get rid of them so same thing with your artwork Put those into an archive section uh, so that you can direct someone there if you feel like you need to do that. I love that. So number seven on our list is having a place to sign up for your email list. So you've probably heard us talk about this before. This is definitely a common thing um, that everyone should be concerned about and considering. So we'll potentially talk about this more in the yeah. future. But if you haven't started an email list already, you definitely should. Um, email lists are proven to be more engaged than social media right. followers. Uh, you know, again, talking about what we talked about at the top of the episode in terms of being on borrowed land, you know, your social media people aren't necessarily going to follow you no. everywhere. So what you really want to do is get somebody on your email list. I mean, John and I both have email lists and, you know, if you listen to the show and are on both our lists, I'm sure you've heard right. from us, uh, probably more from John than from me because I I only send out one currently a month, but, uh, you know, that, that said, I mean, it's still, you want to have that way to yeah. contact people. So again, if Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're on goes right. down, disappears for whatever reason, 
you have a way to contact people. So you should always be pushing people to kind of um, connect with you there. You don't necessarily have to email them all the time. I mean, it's obviously good if you can. But the point is that you're collecting um, a way for people to contact you and sort of, you know, that's outside of these other platforms that you don't necessarily have control over. I mean, you know, another great example is people who've had their Instagram accounts hacked. Scare um, me to death, you know, to be honest how with you. You can't, you can't contact any of those yeah. people. I mean, most people now, when they start seeing something about cryptocurrency, know that you've yeah, gotten right. hacked. But the, the, especially if that's not something you've yeah. ever talked about before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, the, that's something you should consider is that, you know, you you need a way to, to connect yeah. with people. And definitely something you should um, be encouraging people to do, um, clients especially, that sort of thing, connecting with you that way. Uh, we did do an episode on uh, internet security and website security. So if you oh, uh, haven't checked that out, that's go back in the, the yeah. shows and, and look at that one because it's very important and every artist should be caring right, about this. Right. Like you just want to make sure that you're giving people a way to connect with you that's outside of those things in, in a format that you, that you mm-hmm. own. I know a lot of people are sick of, you know, getting all the emails and that sort of thing, but it truly is the best way to still connect with it people is. outside of social media. It really is. And, uh, and guys, some advice on that, if, if I may, that if you're wanting someone to sign up for your email list, and especially if you're starting out, well, anytime to say, hey, sign up for my email list so that I can email you. Okay. That does nothing, you know, for me. Think about yourself. You don't want another email. What you want is a solution. What you want is an answer to whatever the current problem is that you're facing. So have some type of incentive. Just make sure that you're doing something to help serve the audience that you feel like you're trying to help and serve. So, yeah. And think about just the frequency in which you're, you're able to sort of, um, you know, commit to doing that. So for me right now, it's monthly. The cybersecurity episode is episode three. Oh, cool. For anyone who wants to go back. We'll put that in the show notes as well, guys. So if you're out walking the dog or jogging or playing pickleball or doing the laundry or whatever, then, Go back to the show notes and we'll have that set up for you there. But yeah, if, uh, if you think about what is it, it, and you know, we talked about CTA. So the call to action on the particular page that you're, uh, that you're targeting the, the page that you're on, maybe it's the about page or whatever it is, then your call to action on that page may be different than what's on the home page. And if you're wanting someone to be on your email list, then you think about what will help them, what will serve them better. And so once you have them on your email list, this is outside of what we're talking about today, but I think Barbara and I ought to talk about this at some point in the future. But, you know, you don't treat everyone the same. You don't send out the same email to every single person is what I would advocate for because I don't do that. If someone's engaged, I'll send them more email. If someone's not engaged, then I'm not going to send them as many things. I'm only going to send them things that I think will help them. And there's ways of curating that in your list. So it's done automatically for you. Again, a much longer episode. (laughs) Yeah, big time. (laughs) If you're thinking about starting a website or if you already have started a website, these are all just things that you need to consider. Maybe do a self-assessment, see where you're kind of at with all of these things. And don't think it needs to be changed overnight. I mean, you can just chip away at the things that you think are most important, I would say if you were going to do one of these things, uh, make sure that your menu is organized mm-hmm. correctly. Um, that's going to be kind of the, the biggest thing. I mean, you can kind of go through and do SEO and optimize images and that sort of thing here and there when you have yeah. time. But, uh, you know, the menu is one of the yeah. first things people look at when they're navigating your website. So if anything, that's the one you want to make sure you tackle right. first. Just to make sure that that immediate uh, navigation system is really easy for people to to find their way yep, through. Absolutely. Talked about research your different options that are available to you. Decide on what the point of your website is. What is its main purpose and function within the the scheme of your entire business? And then I I really like your advice, Barb, on a logical layout of your website and the homepage being the most important thing uh, that 
you want your site to be known for. That's, uh, I think, job one if you're just starting out. And, you know, if you're a little more advanced and you're wanting to get uh, more impressions and more traffic and less bounce rate, SEO is certainly something that you need to start looking at more seriously. Definitely. I think if you're you're struggling with the designer functionality of your website, if that's not something that, you know, comes really naturally to you or you're having trouble with, look into hiring a trusted yeah. friend or a relative to help you with something like that. You want to make sure that you always have security measures in place for any website that you're using. So, again, that means turning on two-factor authentication for logging in and that sort of thing. Um, I would strongly recommend if you are not very good at, you know, website stuff and it's uh, something you plan on updating yourself in right. the future research options for hosting and platforms that are very very yes. user friendly that don't require a web right. developer because i will tell you right now just in my experience as a designer i've i've worked on websites for people where um they had somebody who knew what they were doing set it up and then just left yeah. it for them to deal with afterwards and those websites can be incredibly difficult for people who are novice right. users to maintain um they typically need a lot of updating and there's security problems and there's you know back-end coding yeah. and yeah. all that stuff that can be very overwhelming right. Um, there's definitely websites that make it easier than others, like hosting platforms and that sort of thing that come like everything's right. built in. So if it's within your budget, I would strongly recommend looking into those ones that have good yep. reputations just because, you know, a, a website can be as easy or as hard as yeah, you make and, it. And you got to think about what do you want to spend all your day doing, creating art or yeah. maintaining your website, you know, and I'm not saying that, uh, yeah. in a facetious way, it really is a consideration. Because you can spend a lot of yeah. time working on a WordPress website. Um, and is that the way you want to spend your time? Maybe it is. Maybe that's something you love to do. Uh, but maybe it's not. So, yep. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that consideration is, is huge. And, and just a, a note about the home page as well. You know, John, you mentioned having all the important stuff on there. If anyone only ever landed on your home page, most of your important information should yep. be there. So there should be. You don't have to put it all on there, but there should be at least links right. to there. So like a link to contact yes. you. If someone doesn't go to your menu, right. even it's like a link to your portfolio, a link to your commission services, whatever you want to direct people towards, have something mentioned on that mm -hmm. first page about it so that, you know, you, I, I mean, you can, you can, you can make like a five page website yes. that does a lot yeah, for that's you. Right. So don't think it needs to be something that's super intense and crazy. It's. It's again, it's as simple as hard as, as you want right. to make it. Um, and, and definitely you're going to get, you're going to get out of it the time that you put into it. If, if, if it's done correctly. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got to say this before we go, because th this is something that I remember from the website consultation that Barb did for me. And I, I Barb didn't tell me to say this. Um, she didn't even know what I'm going to say, but I got to say this because this was one yeah, of the I biggest don't. takeaways <laughs> that I had. It was so good. And it's something that has driven the way that I haven't really implemented this yet, but I'm going to. Um, but I, I want you guys to take this to heart, too, that when uh, you said something like this, Barbie, every page on your website needs to feel like a little microcosm, a little tiny website. And it needs to have all the elements, needs to have everything there so that they feel supported and they know where to get to everything. Just like you were mentioning, instead of having to go around, figure out which on the navigation menu, where to go to find everything, it's buried under something to get to your about page or whatever. It needs to be right there on that page somewhere. So if they are reading through that page, it feels like a self-contained website. I don't know. You said it more elegantly than I did, but that was a big takeaway. <laughs> it was like, did you, did, you did say that. And it was a big takeaway for me where you wrote that out and, and you explained that really well that, you know, it, doing the linking to other areas in your website, all of that, you can do that in a self-contained way on, uh, every single page. And I've actually seen, uh, where that would help because I've, I've gotten comments from people like, I went to this page and it doesn't look like it's ever been updated or something like that. I'm like, what? You know, and you go out there and like, yeah, sure enough, that's the only page you looked at. That would make me think that too, you know? So that's a big one. Yeah. And I mean, on, honestly, I've, I've 
just the other day I I had an issue where, you know, you gotta you gotta remember um where where you've you've kind of put links to yeah. things too. Like for example, and and I'll ad- I'll admit this. So, you know, people don't think I'm I'm trying to be on my high <laughs> horse here like I'm perfect, but you know, I had a I had a link to sign up for my email list and I was offering a, a free download for something and um I actually wasn't offering that download anymore, but I forgot that I talked about it on this yeah. other page. So I had to go update it and that sort of thing. And yeah. it was fine. You know, the person was very lovely about it. And I sent them the download anyways, because, you know, that it was part of why they signed up for it. But it's spaghetti um, behind but, the scenes. There's all kinds of stuff moving around, you know, and it's hard to keep track yeah. of. But it, yeah, but it's, it's you know, another thing that, that I would say is like a little bonus be- best practice. You know, when your site starts getting a little bit more mm-hmm. complicated or you have more pages, you might also want to just make note of where you're doing those sort of things. So whether you're offering something, you know, a right. discount or, you know, a download or something like that, if you're no longer offering that anymore, you need to make sure you go back and change yeah. it so that, uh, you know, it's somebody who stumbles across your post from however long ago or a page from how long, however long ago. Like if you think no one's going to see it, someone's going to find it, right? Yeah. So. You got to you got to make sure you stay on top of those things. And again, that's a reminder for myself as well. And, um, you know, yeah, like those those kinds of things are important to uh, to to keep track of just so that you can make sure that you're um, staying on top of those things. And I mean, you know, mistakes will happen here and there, but you you don't want to uh, have to be all of a sudden, you know, making good on a discount right. that you, you don't want to offer right. anymore or something like that. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, I hope this has been helpful. I hope that you've learned something. I'm sure you have. And like Barbara and I both said and admitted, we're not perfect. It's a work in progress. And we're always working towards our website to be more of a reflection of what we're currently doing and uh, to make it more accessible to anyone who visits. So sure, it's a topic we may even address um, some of these other little splinter topics uh, in the future. So, appreciate you guys very, very much. If I haven't said that lately, you guys mean a lot to us. If you weren't listening, there would not be a show. So, appreciate that. And if you've not left a rating and or a review lately, we'd appreciate you doing that on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And you can reach out to the show podcast at sharpenedartist.com. We'll talk to you again next time. Until then, take care and stay sharp. See you. Bye-bye.